It should be obvious that we cannot solve a crisis with the same methods that got us into it in the first place. This is a last chance saloon. Because if we don't really take the decisions that are vital now, it's going to be almost impossible to catch up. We will end the moratorium on extracting our huge reserves of shale, which could get glass flowing as soon as six months. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 4 Fool's Gold. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it's in. And today I think we might have to announce the cancellation of this podcast, Dale, because the government have solved all of the problems. Net zero, tick. Environmental concerns, tick. Sorting out the car industry, tick. Rishi Sunak's government, the Tory government, have only gone and done it. We're surplus to requirements, Dale. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to know more. Yeah. I mean, this was an incredible week, wasn't it? They've got their net zero strategy. Uh, they reckon that, you know, this is the, now the way to go. They've decided they're not going to do what Biden's doing in the States, and they're going to kind of go it alone in some respect, which always sounds a little bit iffy to me when you're dealing on something as, well, global as this. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that. That was announced, uh, was it yesterday? I think it was, wasn't it? And, yeah. um, you know, I like to think of it as the not zero policy from the government because <laughs> it's exactly what we're not going to get to zero with, uh, with this bunch of stuff. I mean, it's like everything that we don't need and nothing that we do need. More fossil fuels, for example. Spending silly sums of money on CCS, which is a mythical technology peddled by the oil companies to help them keep doing what they're doing right now, you know, digging uh, oil and gas out of the ground. Nothing on onshore wind, you know, our fastest, cheapest, cleanest form of energy. So there's, but there's still no movement on that, despite the fact that they did the um, the, the classic, oh, yeah, we're going to have a think about that. So they, can, right. so they can tell one group of people they haven't taken it off the agenda and another group of people they're not yet doing it. So they That's think right. they're pleasing everybody while actually pleasing nobody. Yes, and I think that's exactly what has happened. You know, the the other feature of the Not Zero uh, announcement yesterday was a whole bunch of consultations, and ironically, it's got recycling at its heart because every cash target announced yesterday mm. is old news. It's been around at least once or twice before. This seems to be uh, what what the government do, isn't it, at the moment? It's kind of like they, they like making announcements. They don't like making decisions. And so we have a lot of a lot of announcements and a lot of money. And the, behind the scenes of all of this, of course, are very handsomely paid kind of PR companies and marketing people. And so, well, if you say this, it sounds like that. And most people would be okay with that. And then you can say you're the greenest government on planet Earth. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. Job done. Yeah, drop in a couple of world leaders, you know, into the narrative. We'll be world leaders in this, world leaders in that. But look, it's so extreme. In the in the fossil industry, there's a there's a major new oil field that they're allegedly about to consent. And with the tax breaks from the windfall tax, that oil field is going to receive over three billion of public funding. Is that all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just madness. It's just madness. There, there was one thing I, I spotted in there, and I thought there's only one person that can clear this up, and that's you, Dell. And that was this business of we may well put penalties on gas use uh, and not electric use. Yeah. So g- gas is, is the bad guy over the uh, over the two. So it will encourage more people to go electric rather than gas. What do we make of that? And it, it could you know cost you more money if they put sort of penalties on gas use. Yeah, it sounds like a tax, doesn't it? I think the only way 
to see it, it, it would be a tax to make gas more expensive and electricity more attractive. And that's the thing that was in the Not Zero announcement yesterday. Heat pumps, uh, you know, again, uh, coming out with this idea that a national program of heat pumps is the answer and we have to give up gas is absolute madness. You know, yeah. if you can afford £8,000 for a heat pump, fair enough. And if you can afford your house bills to be 50% higher every year, fair enough. Uh, you'll get a colder house into the bargain. Uh, it doesn't work for nearly 40% of homes in Britain, and we have to spend $300 billion as a country to build three times as much renewable energy, upgrade the grid massively, and throw away the gas grid and tens of millions of boilers and cookers. I mean, none of that makes any sense when all we have to do is change the gas in the grid from fossil gas to green gas. But the government aren't listening. It's funny, isn't it? Because you, you, I, how many, I don't know how many times we've discussed this, Dell, because you really want to be in in the room when someone's coming up with this. There must be... There must be one person in all of the all of the meetings that's just said what you've said. There's got to be one, so surely. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think they've been beguiled by the heat pump industry, and and again, it's one of these technology fixes. They say, "Oh yeah, heat pumps sound good. We'll you know we'll we'll bet the farm on heat pumps." It's like the hydrogen economy is like carbon capture and storage, you know, what they're doing is just postponing uh, actual real decisions mm. uh, in, in favor of things that they think are going to come around and help us. But in, in the case of heat pumps, we have the data, we know how they work. Yeah, and, yeah. and this or is don't. a guess. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> as, as my old nan used to say, Dale, what a crock of old shit. So I think that sums it up quite nicely. And it's interesting because it does tie in with the Committee on Climate Change, who this week said that we're not ready for the impact of global warming. So this has done nothing really to address that. No, it hasn't. And, you know, that headline, you've got Filer in the in the category of, well, look, tell us something we don't know. I mean, what yeah. country in the world is ready? This comes in from RJ. This is the big story. Dale, it's a pity that Rishi and his people didn't come to you for advice about heating his private swimming pool with renewables. Imagine the positive coverage that would have got him. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, if he invited you for a swim and said, you know, come up and see the, the gaff and, you know, to give me some advice, would, would, you t- would, you, would you pack your Speedos and be off there to the, to the Rishi pool of joy? <laughs> I like the way you describe it, but that's not enough. No, I wouldn't pack my speedos. I'd have a chat for sure. But, you know, I, th- I feel he's just disconnected. I don't know how, you know, as, as we just come out the worst of this energy crisis, uh, the, you know, the new prime minister of Britain that's unelected, happens to be, you know, in a billionaire family, thinks it's okay to build a swimming pool and heat it and have to upgrade the grid because he needs so much power when people are struggling to pay their energy bills. I don't know how he thinks that's okay. That comes under the category of that's not a good look. <laughs> that's not a good look. <laughs> that's a shocking look, mate. <laughs> uh, Juliet says, Dale, love the podcast. Have you ever considered heat batteries? They might be good for ecotricity to consider. Looking forward to green gas. Really don't want a heat pump. Many people saying that. Uh, heat batteries, what's going on here? Yeah, this is uh, basically storing heat. Sounds more complicated when it's called a heat battery, but it's like... Um you know, other people call it thermal store or something like that. It's basically just storing heat uh, to use later on in the day. And I mean, in, in some cases, later on in the year. I think it's an emerging tech. I don't think there's there's many in the world, but it's a very interesting idea. Molten salt is one way that it's okay. done, which, which is very high temperature stuff. Here's one, Dale, the very opposite to what we seem to be doing. The European Union have reached a provisional deal on Thursday on higher renewable energy targets. So negotiators in the European Parliament Representing all the members agreed that by 2030, 27 EU countries will commit to sourcing 42.5% of its energy from renewables. And that's obviously wind and solar. That's up on 
previous targets. Yeah, and that's with the possible top up to 45% as well, is what they've said. And and I think this is not electricity. I think this is all energy, which is what makes it a really big deal. Because yeah. in terms of electricity, it's not, it's not so big by 2030. This is all energy, which is a big deal, big challenge. And fair play. They're, they're also uh, looking out further. They're saying 60% by 2035. You know, this is a decent trajectory. And now, a message from this man. Hi, I'm Mike Graham from Talk TV, and I've been asked to tell you about green issues and a new book called Manifesto. It's brilliant, apparently. Do you believe in climate change? I don't. Do you believe we all need to find a greener way of living our lives? No, I don't either. I think it's all a load of guff perpetuated by loony lefties and eco-zealots hell-bent on causing a nuisance. Do you believe we're all killing our beautiful planet? No. Neither do I, but I know a fellow who does. His name's Dale Vince. He's so convinced he's written a whole book about it called Manifesto. The Battle for Green Britain. It's part memoir, part handbook for changing the world and shaking it up, apparently. I won't be buying it, but you can if you want to waste your hard-earned cash. It's $4.99. Pretty cheap, isn't it? You must be wealthy as hell. According to this script, it's available now from fgr.co.uk forward slash shop. It's your sparring partner, Mike Graham, yet again flogging your book, Dale. Yeah, my friend and yours, I was going to say. He loves it. He, he loves does. it, really. And he loves Says me, he really. Does. He does love me, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can see what's going to happen now. He's going to take the credit now for, like, a boost in book sales or something. Because last time I was on the show, he's like, where have you been? We haven't spoken to you for ages. I saw you on the BBC the other day. It's like, we made you big, and now we don't see you anymore. <laughs> like what he's saying, yeah. Mikey. And it was only a few weeks ago, you and I were saying, wouldn't it be great if this got into the top 20 of bestsellers? And yes. then we mused maybe, well, it was doing really well. Maybe the top 10 is looking good. And now, well, you've become the, you've become the take that. <laughs> <laughs> straight take in at number straight one, right? Straight in at number one, as Gambo might have said. Um, but it's true, isn't it? That it's become the number one bestseller. Yep. Number one bestselling paperback in the UK this week, uh, which is quite incredible. And that's before we had the Mike Graham advert, actually, except on this show. Yeah, because there's obviously, the, the, you know, what everyone's just heard is the, the the audio version of the ad, but there's Mike Graham in moving pictures coming to a screen near yeah, you soon. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait for that. Uh, this is George on Twitter. Dale, I'm hoping we stay up, but have you got big dunks sorted if we find ourselves back in League Two for a season? Yeah, everything will be sorted if we find ourselves well, one way or the other. It doesn't matter. Big Dunk is with us one way or the other. Uh, you know, he's here for the he's here for the journey, the adventure to the championship. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, here's a headline, Dale. Climate change is coming for big meat in a big way. This is new analysis that has found that half of the world's largest livestock firms may be at risk of operating losses by 2030 due to climate change related cost increases uh, you're not losing any sleep over this Dale. <laughs> no <laughs> no and big sums of money right nearly 24 billion is a, is what they're forecasting the losses will be in 2030 compared to 2020 which is you know no, no small sum of money and in a way it's quite apt isn't it because these are the fellas driving the climate crisis actually these big animal farms for it to hit them where it hurts them the most well, it's a good thing. Maybe there's some kind of like positive feedback loop that's happening that scientists haven't predicted before. Yeah, I mean, there are those kind of strange, quirky sort of um, tipping points, aren't there, in life, where just something just begins to fall in place uh, mm. almost by osmosis. Mm. Oh, I love it. I mean, you know, governments around the world are reluctant to withdraw subsidies from the meat industry, let alone tax the meat industry. But yeah. here you have the natural world doing it. 
Uh, here's one as well, just to tie in with that. Aldi, the supermarket, has announced the return of its vegan lamb joint just in time for the Easter weekend. The budget supermarket is offering the £4.49 no lamb roasting joint as part of its plant menu line. Uh, this first came out a couple of years ago. Uh, it's been available to buy online. And once again, it returns from April the 4th. Now, where do you sit on this? Because obviously it, it's a vegan meal. That's a good thing. Are you uncomfortable with the fact they still have to throw the lamb thing in? Well, yeah, no, I think it's a bit grim, actually. I mean, the idea of eating baby lambs for Easter, I mean, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? What have they ever done to deserve that? I'm looking at a picture of it. It looks a little bit like a Swiss roll. Um, it's got some kind of, you know, <laughs> it does. <laughs> it doesn't like a Swiss roll. <laughs> and I have to say, I wouldn't eat it myself, but look, it, it's got a role to play. If it stops people eating lambs, then I'm all for it. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to be replicating the taste of lamb, I'm guessing. That would be... No. Uh, or a bit look. mad, or, or, or the look. Although that doesn't, as you said, doesn't look much like a lamb to me. <laughs> it doesn't, that's true. Yes, you're right about the Swiss roll. Yeah, and I don't even want to be conjuring up the the image of lambs. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just it's so harsh what people in the farming industry do. Kind of weird because they don't even hide it with the lamb, do they? They don't no. ever say with, with the pigs and and stuff. They they don't sell piglets. No. But they do sell lambs, who are yeah. kind of synonymous with springtime and no. gambling around fields, yeah. bleating and having fun. <laughs> briefly. Very briefly, <laughs> yeah, as it turns out. Now, here's a question from Jay Burt, who says, Guys, I uh, was listening to last week's episode while looking out onto the garden lawn, and you got me thinking, would a curbside collection of grass be possible for your green gas mills or even council collections from parks, it would mean that people were helping to literally feed their heating and buy-in would be higher and people would feel a connection to where their energy came from. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's an interesting question because it does happen to a degree with food waste. I think there's a scheme around here in Stroud, a curbside collection of food waste that's meant to go to an anaerobic digester to make gas. You could do it with grass. The amounts of grass cuttings that that people tend to have per household are very small. And so the fundamental challenge is always one of economics, collecting lots and lots of very small amounts of something, taking them to one place to make use of them. Uh, but you never, if, if food is being collected anyway, then why not chuck some grass on top? In fact, I would say go for it. If your food is being collected right now, chuck some grass in. Yeah, why not? Uh, final question from Adam in Taiwan, just to illustrate the international nature of this podcast. Dale, you had some beef... <laughs> with George Monbiot. Uh, have you read his book, Regenesis, yet? Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to have to be honest and say no. No. I haven't read it. I've it's heard- not selling as well as your book. We know I that much. Think, no, I don't think it is. But uh, I've, uh, you know, I've heard a few people talking about it, and, I mean, it's – the, the one criticism I heard was is really focused on some kind of lab-grown food as the answer to everything. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to read it. I've got a dim view of it without reading it. That, that makes me bad, I know. But, well, we uh, need to get George on the podcast at some point because he's been having whinges over the last couple of years, hasn't he? So, I, I yeah, think we, we, I green think we gas. To... He's not a fan of green gas. No, he's not it. a fan of green gas. I've never quite found out why. So, uh, and every time we... Me neither. Yeah, well, we've tried to get him on and, you know, he just says, oh, I'm busy. So, well... Uh-huh. That's not good enough, frankly. And I've asked him. I've said, "What's you know? What is it that you?" Anyway, and he's like, "Now nah, let's talk on Twitter." I'm like, come on, really? <laughs> that, <laughs> I mean, love debate, a bit of Twitter, but you know, is that really is that better than you know a proper international forum to actually have a discussion on something? So, uh, going back to the EU story and the new energy target, I saw that this week also they finally signed off on the ban for new petrol and diesel vehicles by 2030. Yes, br- brilliant news. Last minute, though, Germany objected and had added 
added a clause that cars that run on e-fuels will be allowed. Now, these are fuels made from atmospheric carbon with a bit of hydrogen, uh, very expensive fuels. Personally, I don't think that uh, they will work in cars. I think they could have a role in airplanes. But of course, the economic problem there is airplanes don't even pay fuel duty at the moment, let alone buy stupidly expensive fuel. So we'd have to change fundamentally flying pricing. But we need to do that anyway. Absolutely. So the good news is the ban is coming Europe-wide. They've allowed something in that will never happen. Hey-ho, who cares? And, um, <laughs> and away we go. Dale, we're speaking a week. Nice one. That's it for this episode. Don't forget to follow this podcast from your podcast provider. That way you get each new one automatically. Do follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. And don't forget to get over to the Forest Green Rovers shop, fgr.co.uk slash shop. And you can get that discounted edition of the new book. It's out in paperback. Two new chapters in there as well. Number one bestseller. Zero. Carbon. East off.